Okay, you are listening to Impact Sports here at Michigan State University. My name is Dan Cryer, and with me today is Brooks Lambeer. And before Brooks says hi, I'm going to tell you that we are here to talk about the World Cup and the unfortunate loss by the United States. And uh, we're going to uh, get into the other quarterfinal games, but let me let uh, Brooks say hello. And then, Brooks, I want you to talk about the United States. Go for it, buddy. How's it going, Dan? Man, okay, how you doing today? I'm all right, I'm all right. Are you hanging in there? Oh yeah, for sure. I'm hanging in there. Yeah. See, I feel like you're you're handling it like a professional, and I, I I'm really emotional today. I mean, I'm it's 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 died down a little bit, but uh, what'd you think of that game, man? Uh, I mean, from a perspective, I guess from an analyst and you know reporter's perspective, I think they needed to play a little more offensively. I think they played too defensively, but I think that that yeah. was something that they did the whole World Cup through the three group stages, as you can tell. Yeah. The only game they really kept possession in was the Portugal game in the group stage. Yep. You know, at some point, you have to change your tactics and you have to, uh, uh, you know, attack. You can't just defend the whole time. They were sitting back with a lot of players, and, you know, uh, and when eventually that, uh, when you sit back with a lot of players, shots are going to be had, if, uh, goals if, are going to be made. If I were to put that into other words, would I be correct if I said that we didn't do enough to win the game? We were just kind of hanging in there as much as we could. I, to some extent, yeah. But I think it's just, it's just knowledge of when it's not just the coach, a coaching tactic, uh-huh. it's also a player's knowledge of when do I sit back and defend and when can we break forward and move the ball if you notice in the game there weren't a lot of players getting into the box for the united states no there wasn't much happening in the midfield and i know people want to say michael bradley had a terrible tournament but in reality michael bradley wasn't playing in this position that he likes so yeah um and if you see his brilliance when he gets forward and he's in that position he likes from the goal he served the ball to julian green that's michael bradley that's that's michael bradley at his best he's a quarterback He's a quarterback in the midfield. He sees people move, and he gives them the ball, whether that's you know down the sideline where a defender or midfielder is going to cross it in, yeah. or whether there's a nice ball to one of the forwards in the box. I've seen him play better, so this leads me to the question, okay, so there's two ways this went. Number one, did the United States just underperform, or did the United States not structurally, or, or did Jurgen Klinsmann not put in the right recipe to get it? And that the, the overall question I have is, could the United States have defeated Belgium in an in an alternate world where something was more strategically better? I mean, do you think that the U.S. just underplayed, or do you think that it was a strategical misstep by Klinsman there? If you're going to play more offensively, no, I don't because you're giving up too much. You had to sit back and defend against okay. this against this Belgium midfield and their forwards. You couldn't do much of anything else. And what did you think? I mean, because Tim Howard had to stop a record number of shots. Was that because Belgium was just so great offensively, or did we allow them because we didn't hold the ball? I mean, why would Belgium get so many shots off during that game? I mean, those are a bunch of miscues in, in the defense. It's people not being in the right place, people not stepping into the ball. Yeah. Midfielders not tracking back. Uh and it's also a thing of possession. You have to possess the ball so you can give your your defense some time to rest. Okay. And and if you don't do that, you, you know, you're going to see like just the Belgium game. Right. And game. so I mean, so what I'm hearing from you, it sounds like it's it sounds like we just didn't perform 
at our best. Is that true? Do you think the U.S. could have been been a better team in a in, you know if we had another shot at it? Is that just what happened? The U.S. just didn't step up and do what they needed to do. I think with the caliber of players they had, I think they they performed at their highest. Peak. Okay. I, I mean, like I said, the Altidore loss was huge because there goes your forward at the top. So you're not you're no longer playing a four five one. You're playing a four four two, and you're stronger in the midfield because Dempsey's going to play behind it's Altidore. Tough, isn't it? In Bra- yeah. So if you really look at that, I, th- I think the end all mm-hmm. is, is is Altidore getting hurt that first game because you lose your offense, and and like we've talked about many times, you lose that guy up top that can hold the ball. And that can make runs and be a danger for the other team's defense to have to yeah. react to with speed and quickness and power. Yeah, because you could understand, as I've said multiple times, that when you have someone strong up top, it's different than having a fast person. With a fast person, you can only kind of like play them through balls. Uh-huh, uh-huh. They can come check to the ball. They can turn. They can find someone. But when you have someone strong, like when you're feeding a guy in, in the post in basketball, yeah. when he's boxing someone out, that's what that's what a Josie Alta does. He can box you out. He can control the ball. He can hold the ball. Right. And it's difficult to get the ball from. And then he can lay it off to players. And then he can make runs. And he can do what and he does I've seen best. It, 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 I've seen that strength. I mean, Aaron Robin from the Netherlands, he has the speed, but he also has that presence and strength. You can, you can lob a ball into him. Two men could be on him. He will come down with it, possess it, and get a shot or a pass off. Mm-hmm. And that's what... Altador can do, and it's a physical presence. So that's a good point. I agree with you 100%. And it really did limit our options because in the game against Belgium, uh, you know, Jurgen Klinsmann rolled the dice on Chris Wondolowski, and it just didn't look like he belonged out there. I mean, he he played well, but he wasn't able to make a finishing shot. He had an opportunity in the game, and, you know, I was just hoping for some moment of brilliance that was unexpected, and that didn't occur. So in, in my mind... The U.S. very proud of them. Uh, it was sad, but I just I was you know as a as a sports fan as a rooting interest for the United States. I was just kind of really hoping for someone to make a move that blew my mind wide open, like a Dempsey first minute goal. And unfortunately, that that didn't happen. But that's the reality of soccer, isn't it? I mean, it's like the 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 magic bicycle kicks don't don't come very often. You got to really earn what you what you get in the World Cup. Yeah, and then it comes back to the beginning of. The World Cup roster. Should you leave Landon, Landon Donovan on? It's tough, isn't it? You know, Landon Donovan kind of made some comments where he said, if, if I was on the roster, maybe I could have scored that goal that Wondolowski didn't put in. Mm-hmm. You know, I think it was smart that they put Jeff Cameron in the midfield because they had to have someone in the mid in the yeah. midfield that could win balls against the tall midfielders of Belgium. Yeah, but it was was Donovan one of the key players that could have changed it. Maybe, yeah, maybe, we'll, but we'll I, never think, know. I, I think out the door was was the big question because yeah. you're sitting back in a four five one and you're very defensive. And in my opinion, I mean, you, I I don't think it's fair to Klinsman to or to anybody. Let's not play the the not that you're doing, but let's nobody play the the guessing game. Oh, what would have happened if Donovan were there? He he obviously wasn't uh, striking Klinsman as someone that had to be on the roster. He, uh, Klinsman chose to go with his best twenty three. Unfortunate, uh, uh, you know, injury to the hamstring of Josie Altidore, and so that's the way the cookie crumbles. I mean, uh, it just, uh, it's just one of those things. And the U.S. did something that was amazing. They got out of the group of death. They defeated Ghana. They came back against Portugal, and so uh, all in all, and then they took a really, really good Belgian team to extra time. And uh, you know, just that's that's how soccer goes. And we're going to talk in a second about the other games that were played and to set up the most of these games went the way the U.S. game went six. 
of the eight went down to extra time or, or to, to penalty kicks. I mean, talk about that, how close these teams are all matched at this level. You know, that's the exciting part of the World Cup. That's how you know you have really great teams when they're going to extra time or they're going to PKs because both teams want it. Uh, you know, sometimes it could be a factor of the weather where it's very hot. People are cramping up just like the USA did. Uh, and also, I just want to mention, too, that sure. with the Lennon Donovan thing as oh, well. Oh, yeah, sorry. Yeah. Uh, that could be a reason why Klinsman left him off because you know the weather and Landon Donovan's thirty two, yeah. So he he is not he is not you know in he's the not same, in his prime. No, he's not. And if you saw the younger U.S. players going down with cramps, you know what's what was Landon Donovan gonna exactly? Do? So just 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 to reiterate, if people just uh, one thing. Yeah, no, I'm glad that you're you're talking about it more. I mean, mm-hmm. yeah, it's it's just one of those things that. Uh, you know, that's why I was saying, you know, let's be proud of these guys mm-hmm. and not play the what could have been, should have been. That's why I was trying to segue to, I mean, like the United States cannot be, you know, begrudged for for losing to Belgium. Yeah. This is an up and coming uh, what might be a powerhouse in Europe and uh, with some world class top league players on Belgium. And uh, U.S. took them to extra time. And, uh, you know, there was an opportunity and it, it wasn't one of those games where you say, dang it. And, and, you know, we saw some brilliance from Julian Green in the 107th minute. That was nice to see. But once again, you could play the could have been, should have been, should he have been in there too. So, you know, that's the nature. When you lose, you're always asking questions. When you win, everything went perfectly, you know, so. I mean, soccer's about timing. When do you use your sub? When when do you run after the ball? How do you conserve your energy? Yeah. I think people don't understand that because – we look at football and basketball and we're like, oh, these guys can run sprints all day long. Yeah. But they're not continuously running like soccer players are. You're yeah. not running that distance and chasing ten, the ball. Ten kilometers in one game. Yeah. That's insane. And, and you're running six miles. And people don't understand a soccer field's bigger than a football <laughs> field and the basketball field. Yes. People don't understand that. And and then the in fact in the humidity and, you know, just the pressure of being on national television. Yep. And, you know, even LeBron James had to go off the court and, uh, you know, sure, take, take care of his business because he was because he was so it's, it's very tough. So nervous. And, and, you know, and that's a testament to the fitness of Belgium to show you that these are top level performers. I mean, they, they had some issues, but Belgium got stronger as the game went along. They kept fighting and fighting. And so, um, mm-hmm. you know, it's a tough game. So I, if, if, if it's cool with you, Brooks, I'd like to um, go over the other games to lead to the matchups because sure. the point that I was saying, it's, it's just amazing. Uh, of, the, of the eight games that were played in the round of 16, six of them either went to uh, extra time or penalty kicks. And in every case, I will say, the quote-unquote better team came out with the victory. Mm-hmm. I mean, initially, I think of the way Mexico had a 1-0 lead on Netherlands. Netherlands waits around, and then finally... Uh, you know, there's a, there's a, a corner kick in the 88th minute. It comes out to Wesley Schneider, and boom, bangs it in, ties, and then Robin gets tripped in the box, two one, heartbreaking. But that's just the way it goes, right? I mean, yeah. these teams just know what they're doing at the end. Yeah, I mean, it's it's a thing. Uh, the Robin thing. He he minute he flopped. Yeah, and uh, but it's it's you know it's a tactical move that every soccer player uses exactly. Uh, and you know it's it's part of the game. That's why in the box you have to be careful when you touch a player. Yeah. He he it he set that guy up. He set up uh, Rafa uh, Marquez. Mm-hmm. He went he went side, right along the baseline. What are they? What, I'm I'm blanking right now. Isn't that what do they call it? Well, you'd be inside the 18 yard box. So <laughs> right, but yeah, he was be the he goal was going line. yeah the goal line. He's going mm-hmm. along the goal line, and he cut it back on purpose to get tripped, and he 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 anticipated it. So tactical move. And, and he again, got, that's just that's just his speed too. Yeah, that that's him. Like I said, that's him uh, being fit. And knowing when he needs to take that burst of speed and change direction, mm-hmm. and, and especially late in the game when, you know, he 
you know, in, in that game, I think they had, did they have water breaks that game or was it just the one before? I believe that was the water break game because the coach yeah. was talking the, mm-hmm. the, of, of, that was the water he expected break to put Hunter Lahr in after yeah. the second and then Hunter Lahr ended up hitting yeah. the penalty kick. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That was the, that was the cool, cooling break game uh-huh, as they uh-huh. say. But yeah, that that's just you know that's how the cookie crumbles sometimes. It is, man. But um, also to note that sure. all, all the group winners advance to the to the next stage. No, none of the none of the second place. Great point. None of the second place. Group Great winners. point. Yeah. I mean, and then I mean, just quickly, like Germany was was zero zero with Algeria, and then in the ninety second minute, uh, Shula gets a goal, mm-hmm. and and then and then Algeria scored at the very end, just kind of like the USA goal. Mm-hmm. But there's another game, and then and then additionally, Argentina got down to the wire against Switzerland. It took Lionel Messi. Mm-hmm. He makes a, a a move just like a Maradona move. He, mm-hmm. he a tackle. Came in, he hops it, he slides it over to Di Maria. Boom, game over. Mm-hmm. See, so these 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 world class teams, they'll they'll hold on, but they were the aggressors all game, just like Belgium was in the United States. And then you know, at the end, they get that they get that winner. Yeah. So and, and we don't understand too is most of these players have been in these situations with their club teams. Anel Di Maria plays for Real Madrid. Has been in that situation yeah, before. Yeah. Yeah. And Lionel Messi's been with the RFC at Barcelona. Big time. So if people want to say why in the U.S. advance, well, look at the look at the situations they've been. These other players have been in with their top clubs. So yeah. Just to bring up that. Yep. And then and then um, you know before we talk about the quarterfinal games, I mean. Costa Rica, Greece, they battled it out. Costa Rica had a lead. There was a red card because the guy got a second yellow. Mm-hmm. Gre- Greece, uh, and, um, I'm going to say the name. I've been wanting to say this all day. Let me get this. Let me get this. Okay. His is name is Papastafa- <laughs> Papastafilis. Yeah. Yes. So Papastafilis hits a goal for Greece in the basically 90th minute plus one. It goes into extra time. No one scores. Mm-hmm. Costa Rica holds on, and then they win on penalty kicks. So they are through, and I guess you could say, like you said, group winner on. Same with Brazil. Brazil got tied by an Alexi Sanchez goal uh, from Chile, and then that went all the way to the final, final uh, penalty kick. Mm-hmm. Neymar hit it, and then um, the the shooter for Chile, whose name I'm forgetting, let's uh, see, he, uh, Yara, he hit the post, and that ball could have gone just a little bit on the angle if you get the protractor out, yeah. but it, it just went just about, about a two-degree angle along the goal line and shot off. And so, uh, uh, is it Julio Cesar? The, Julio Cesar. Cesar, mm-hmm. the, the goalkeeper, looks like a genius. But you know, it, it hit the post just like in the what was it in extra, was it the eighty ninth minute? Chile mm-hmm. had a ball hit the the crossbar. Oh no! I mean, it was no, it was an extra time that was happened. it. I mean, so talk about that. Like how how, how did you think Brazil? Because I want to segue into Brazil's quarterfinal game mm-hmm. first. Talk about Brazil and what you think we're getting from this host team. Uh, I think you're getting a team of we're not sure who we are. Okay, we 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 have such great players, but we can't put the ball in the back of the net. I think there's high expectations for this team. That's why I said that I don't think they're going to win the World Cup. They I don't they may advance, but I don't think they're going to go to the finals. Okay. Uh and with a lot of pressure on yourselves to perform, you know that trickles down from your starters to your uh your bench players to the coach. Uh and when the fans start to feel it, that's not a good thing. Uh but Chile's a very Chile was a very good team. They were very they they're played so tough. Very offensive. And they mm-hmm. gave, obviously gave Brazil problems. Uh, and Colombia is going to do the same thing with James Rodriguez. Yep, yep. One of your favorite I players. Can't, I can't wait to talk about them. Yep, about yeah. Colombia. I mean, the way I looked at Brazil, there there was a goal that that Hulk took down with his shoulder bicep area that was disallowed, and and I guess rightfully so is the consensus on that. But um, uh, Brazil. And for for the most part, you know, because we are seeing these teams that are th- these the the teams with like the Argentinians 
Argentinians with Messi, and they, it, it comes down to the very end. Germany, it comes down to the very end. Nobody's really dominating except for one team, which I'll get to in a second, but especially Brazil. We're not seeing this overall creativity where four or five goals are scored and, and the other team's at their mercy the whole time, right? Because I mean, I, because how you attack Brazil is you te- you go back at them. You don't let them control the game. Mm-hmm. If you let them if you let them play and you let them think they're superior to you, you're not going to win. You have to go at them, which you know was what Mexico did when Mexico drew with them in yeah, the group stage. Yeah, it's true. Uh, Chile did the same thing. Uh, they they didn't change their tactical formation. Where hey, we're we're going to play more defensively because because Brazil has these wonderful uh, goal scorers and Neymar and Joe and Fred and all these uh, and Hulk. It, they didn't change it. They they went right at them and and my my gosh, they almost won in extra time and they almost won in penalty kicks. Uh, yeah, luckily yeah. Julio Cesar came up with some good saves for he them. Did. He did. So th- this is what's interesting because we have the home team and historically the greatest team in the world. I mean, they have five World Cup championships, Brazil, and it's it's here, 2014, FIFA in Brazil. I mean, this is everything. And what now they're going to run up against, and I will pre- prelude Colombia by saying the other team that didn't go to extra time in the, in the round of 16 was France. They played probably the weakest team mm-hmm. in Nigeria, but it, it even took France the 79th minute for a Paul Pogba goal. So even that was a close match. Mm-hmm. So France did win by two. They got a nice goal at the end, but the team that really is shining, if if, if I were to rank the top eight right now, the number one team in my mind led by James Rodriguez is Colombia. They look like just fantastic because they, you have his creativity with his ability to finish along with a team game. Because against Uruguay, he scored a 28th-minute goal where he took it off his chest, pivoted, and volleyed it in from about 25 yards out. Mm -hmm. Unbelievable. And then the second half in the 50th minute. So it's like, hey, welcome to the second half. Boom, up the sideline, pass, pass. It went around. It was like watching the San Antonio Spurs play basketball. And a header right down to Rodriguez's foot. Boom, 2-0. Now he has five goals to be the the top goal scorer right now, mm-hmm. and uh, uh, Uruguay was dispatched quite easily, and that's what it looks like when a team dominates two zero. So, were you as impressed with Colombia as I was? Yeah, yeah, and I I think they have a good co- combination, like you said, of they have a star player, but they play team soccer. That second goal, that that's great vision great. for when you're going towards the goal, and in you you know you see goal and. To, to know in your peripherals or to know when, before you get there yeah. where a player is and to head it back to him in open space is is brilliant. And I, yeah. I think that's going to be a big thing if Columbia can still, if Columbia still plays with this with this attitude that, hey, we have our star player, James Rodriguez, yes. but we can play as a team as well and we can break you down. I mean, Valencia has been good for them as well. Uh, they, 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 I mean, they have other great players as well. A lot well. of players are really playing tip-top ball. I mean, yeah. Colombia looks strong. It just, it, I, I'm, I'm drooling over this matchup. It's, it's, it's just the, it's the best thing that could possibly happen right now because Brazil looks maybe a little weaker. Mm-hmm. Like I think the, 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 the aura is off Brazil right now because they haven't been dominating in their first four games. Yeah, probably besides. I'd say the second biggest game you probably don't watch here. I think Brazil and Colombia is number one if you yeah. have to rank the the game everyone wants to watch. Mm-hmm. Besides, probably France Germany is the other one that really sticks well, out to me. Yeah, or Netherlands Costa Rica because Costa Rica has just been the, the surprise team. team. Yeah, and it, it, the Netherlands looked a little shaky against Mexico, and it, so. But I mean, I, I think I'd put the France Germany game second because I think yeah. that's a, that'll be a great battle to the end. But uh, Netherlands Costa Rica is up there as well. 
Well, I'm going to do something right now before we get to France, Germany, which is make a prediction, and it's a bold one for tomorrow. Tomorrow's the 4th of July, and I'm going to go out and say it. it's done. Sorry, Brazil. You're getting knocked off. I think we have a team with James Rodriguez in Colombia that has team of destiny status. They have the aura. They have the confidence, and they've been finishing in beautiful ways that are totally intentional, like Brooks was describing. Players are seeing each other out of the corners of their eyes. They're pre-planning the next move. I think that they have what it takes to take an early goal lead, hold off, maybe even go up 2 nothing on Brazil. So I'm going out on a limb and saying upset City tomorrow. Uh, Brazil will not even make the semifinals in their own World Cup. That's what I think. So what do you expect from tomorrow in that game? You said 2-0? I say 2-0 Colombia again, and Colombia is going to move on to what I think is going to be a final. So, And I'll get to the other side in a little bit. But that's what I'm seeing right now, just after the way they, they overpowered. Yes, Uruguay didn't have Suarez, but, but Colombia has now scored 12 goals, and they look strong. They look unstoppably strong. There's something about them that is just really impressing me on every level. Uh, I'll go 2-1. And who's going to win? Colombia. Oh, we're but, both picking Colombia. But does yours go extra time or is yours Nope, go I think Colombia is just going to slam the door on it. I think the Brazilian fans are going to look at each other and go, that's the team we wanted to be. That's what it looks like. There's a superstar in the middle. And yes, Neymar is so fast and he's great and he's nimble and he has everything that you would really want. But as far as team soccer goes and this ability to just have that extra notch, that world-class, World Cup winning notch, Colombia has it so far. So, And that's what I'm really anticipating about watching tomorrow because I think Brazil knows this too. So Brazil's going to respect that fact, and they're going to need to up their game. So we could have one of the greatest soccer games ever tomorrow. That's okay. what I'm looking at. I'm going to go 2-1 Colombia extra time. Cool. That would be cool. I'm, I'm just hoping that we don't have a penalty kicks because they're, they're fun. But really, They're so dramatic. Oh my gosh, I, I can't, yeah. <laughs> I can't stand it. It doesn't matter who has penalty I know. kicks. Everybody's praying and they're hugging. Even if you, if the guy makes a penalty kick, he has to go to his goalkeeper and hug him and do a quick prayer with him. It's, yeah. it's, it's insane because so much is riding on this, especially at this point. So that 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 game, uh, Brazil Colombia, is the second game tomorrow. The first game to 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 kick off the quarterfinal is France and Germany. And like I said, France looked pretty good. Uh, against a, a weaker opponent and did what they had to do. They got a 2-0 uh, victory against Nigeria. Germany, on the other hand, and Algeria was playing out of their minds. They they had a great tournament. Uh, they took Germany to extra time, and it, it took uh, a goal by Schürrle, and then Mesut Ozil uh, had a, a 120th-minute goal, and then Algeria had a very, very, very late goal for a 2-1 Germany win. So this is a creme de la creme. I mean, these are some powers here. These are, you know, Germany has three World Cup um, championships uh, titles, and France has the 1998 uh, one. So this is this is another one to drool over. Like, what do you expect from this matchup? Well, this is definitely going to be one in the midfield. I can tell you that right now. Okay. Uh, both are very strong with France and Valbuena slipping, slipping. Everybody. Over here. I mean, you have you have uh, uh, Olivier Giroud. Who's a forward? Yeah. And then you have Benzema. I'm just thinking of the forward. star players. I mean, so. Yeah. Yeah, you have you have a lot of players in the middle that are going to be great. Al Pogba in the middle, yeah, right behind the twenty-one year old and, and Matuidi. Mm-hmm. Yep. So I mean, France has shown a confidence that I haven't seen from them since nineteen ninety-eight. Mm-hmm. So France uh, and Benzema is the scorer that Zinedine Zidane used to be. Mm-hmm. I mean, he is confident and and they have a swagger about them. 
that's what's beautiful about running up against Germany. Because if it's one thing Germans don't have, it's swagger. <laughs> Germans just have Leah coming at you. And that's what they play. And like you said, it's one in the midfield. They can control the ball. And it's going to be a, tactic- a tactical game. And Germany has, you know, Mueller as a score. But they have so many different weapons. So uh, this one, I mean, just to even jump to a prediction, this one I think Germany's going to win. And I think they're going to do it one nothing because that's how Germany does it. I mean, they're just going to shut down France, and uh, and France is going to get their opportunities. I expect this to be a great game. So, I mean, it, it's just a great matchup. So I'm expecting Germany to move on because they, they seem to always make it to the semifinals. I mean, it's just something you kind of count on. Yeah. So what do you think? What are you looking for tomorrow? Well, this is a tough one because I think both teams are very strong, and this is probably one of the more uh, – it's going to – more equal, like in in, in the level of <clears throat> talent. Yeah, just very equal all across the board. Yeah, big time parity. Yeah, um, that's why it's tough for me even to say one nothing. I mean, maybe pre- penalty kicks in this one, one one. I don't know. Maybe, but yeah, I don't know. If, if France, if France starts out the game by attacking Germany mm-hmm. and putting pressure on them, because the thing is, when Germany always comes out, Germany always puts the pressure on everyone else. No one comes out and tries, you know, really tries to make them mess up. So yeah. I think if France comes out and tries to make Germany mess up or just to push them, put them under pressure and set the tempo, yeah. I think this game could be really different. And I think that's what's going to happen because I think it's going to be stressed very much in that yeah. locker room amongst the coaches. Yeah. So I'm going to go France okay. 2, Germany 1, and then again I'm going extra, extra time, time for this that game. That would be great. See, both things that you've suggested here, you predicted, it would be amazing to see tie games, You know, whether or not it's 1-1 going to extra time. I mean, because everybody's so evenly matched. I think if they played five times for the fifth game, it would be two, two to two mm-hmm. at this point. Yeah. I mean, either way. And I'm just, I'm, I'm mystified by Colombia. Just, I, I've, I, they're, they're, this is unprecedented for them. So that's why I think it's possible they defeat Brazil. But with Germany, France, I mean, these are two teams playing great, great soccer. It's just, it's, it's something to enjoy. Yep. So, and then on the other side, so then we're moving to the July 5th games, which is Saturday. The first game is Argentina, Belgium. So we've already spoken about Belgium. They have their strikers. They got uh, uh, De Bruyer and, and Lukaku were the ones who got the goals. Mm-hmm. Um, Lukaku came in as a sub. And Origi, the 19 year Yeah, Origi scored. I mean, they have uh, Vertonghen got, got a goal. Uh, Mertens got a goal. They have Fellaini. So Belgium has all these great top league players. And then you have Argentina in South America, Lionel Messi, got your Di Marias, you got your, you know, your Iguain. You have all your star players there. So another big matchup. But uh, I would think Argentina's heavy favorites here. Um, and I think Argentina's probably going to have what it takes to get it done. It just seems like that they might be a team of destiny on that side. If they can look strong. They, they really didn't look that great against Switzerland, though. I mean, were you impressed by Argentina versus Switzerland? I mean, Switzerland's a good team. Yeah, I think. I mean, they're not ranked in the top twenty in the world for nothing. nothing yeah. So, yeah, yep. Yeah. So, what do you expect from this matchup? Well, I, you, you got to watch Messi, obviously, and Di Maria. Mm-hmm. Uh, good midfield. Do we know if Sergio Aguero is done for the World Cup? I'll check real quick. But uh, if if he were, I mean, if, if he, he yeah. if he were, I you know the 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 weight falls on Messi's shoulders and some mm-hmm. on Angel Di Maria, and I don't think you could win with just two players. And Belgium was my dark horse team, and I'm sticking with my dark horse team, and I think they win 1-0 in 90 minutes. Yeah, you so you're, you're liking Belgium. Bel, uh, Brooks has been on Belgium since we even first started talking about the World Cup. So 
I don't. Uh, that doesn't surprise me, and uh, and neither would uh, Belgium victory because. I, like what's happening with Belgium is I think that they are maybe progressively getting more confident as they go yeah. along and starting to see, oh my goodness, that's four victories out of four. No ties. You know, we, we yes, United States took us to extra time, but uh, we love scoring late goals. And they're figuring it out. And I think, you know, Lukaku came off the bench. Maybe that's a good thing for them. When starter Rigi, who's very fast and then put a, put a strong, fast Lukaku in the second half when everyone's just dead tired, the defense. Yeah. So, that I mean, that's not a bad idea. I agree. Idea. He's a tough, tough guy. And I'm looking at the news about Sergio Aguero for Argentina. It says he's resumed training, but when, when you say that, that's kind of like Josie Altidore resumed training for the United States and he didn't play. Mm-hmm. So yeah. it, it just seems like uh, it, it could go either way. I mean, you have the magic of Messi. He's the world superstar. He would be the number one guy. Yes, there's Neymar's. Yes, there's James Rodriguez mm-hmm. for Colombia. But uh, Messi's proven it time and time again, and now in the World Cup, he's finally playing like the superstar that he is. Yeah. So he he could be writing, you know, the the magic of 2014 by by Lionel Messi. I mean, he could yeah. be cementing all those those statues that are eventually going to be coming up for Messi in Argentina. Can he can hasten that if he gets a couple more wins here? Maybe, but like I said before, this World Cup started, Messi can't do it by himself. So no. Di Maria and he needed he needed Sergio Aguero. Yeah. I think he did because okay. Sergio Aguero was top scorer for Man City in the, in the uh-huh. English Premier League, and I just think two players can't carry a team. And Javier Mascherano is not a bad player. He plays for FC Barcelona in okay. the midfield, but I I just don't think they have enough talent to to break down a very good Belgium midfield and very good Belgium defense. You know what? You could, I mean, I'm still sticking with Argentina, but you're doing a pretty good job convincing me that that Belgium's going to get this because they they are pretty loaded and um, you know, I it's just one of those that like thank you World Cup. This is this is the way it's supposed to be. There and and you know, th- that leads us to our last match with the biggest surprise probably Costa Rica because they were in a group of death with Uruguay, England and Italy and they win the group. And then not only that, then they they fortunately got Greece. I think Greece was you know there with Nigeria as one of the worst teams of the round of sixteen. But uh, they hung in there after got after their guy got sent off. They hung in there. Yes, they 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 did concede a goal, but they they rode it out to extra time. So Costa Rica versus Netherlands. I've been saying how hungry Netherlands has been for four years. So I expect Netherlands to really you know step on them and 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 get a goal in the first half. Finally, maybe a second goal. I would I would pick a, a 2-0, maybe even a 3-0 win for Netherlands. But I've been underestimating Costa Rica for months now. So, I mean, uh, did you see anything? Uh, did you see any, any cracks in Netherlands' armor against Mexico? Or, or do you think that they finally figured it out at the end of that game? Uh, you know, it's a strength and will. And I think they've, you know, figured it out. The, I mean, the biggest question is with Netherlands is if someone attacks you, are you know, they're pretty strong in the midfield, mm-hmm. but they play such an offensive uh, uh, tactic sometimes. Yeah. Uh, but you know, like I said before, though, they're very good at changing tactics to that, that you know, that's that the tactics that are going to beat teams, whether that's, like I said before, where you play a 3-5-2 against Spain, yeah. where you take right. out their midfield. Uh, you know, I, I don't see why they don't play three at the back. I don't see why they don't play a 3-5-2 again and keep pushing people forward against sure. Costa Rica because I've, 
you know, as far as I could see, Costa Rica only has Brian Rees and Joel Campbell. Yes. And those are their two best players. Joel Campbell plays for, who uh, is owned by Arsenal. Okay. And then you have Brian Rees who plays in the Bundesliga. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I, I see a Netherlands 2-0 victory. Maybe maybe Costa Rica gets one, but I, I think the magic ends here for Costa Rica. Yeah, yeah. And Ruiz got the 52nd-minute goal to put them up one nothing against Greece when, mm-hmm. when they had a full squad out there. That was kind of early in the second half there. Uh, so, I mean, this is just like with Colombia, unprecedented for Costa Rica. So, I mean, it's amazing if they continue on because, to me, been saying it all the time. I mean, Netherlands is holding that loss personally that they had four years ago to Spain. They feel like they had it and let it slip out of their fingertips. And now I just see a team. The way Schneider hit that 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 equalizer against Mexico, I mean, he almost ripped the back of the net out with that kick. That's how he shoots, though. Well, I, but, boy, I mean, it, at that point, how many times do you see somebody shank a ball left, right, up, down? I mean, he powered that thing through there, and that's some confidence that Netherlands needed and will gladly take into this game. Mm-hmm. I mean, they got they got to be feeling just like aggressive, as they say, on the front foot, you know, ready to go aggressive from the get go. Mm-hmm. And that's what I expect to see. So, what we have a little see, Brooks predicted France will play Colombia in a semifinal. I think Germany will play Colombia, and then Brooks has Belgium, Netherlands. I have. Um, Argentina, Netherlands. So I don't think we could go wrong with anything there. No, we can't. I, it's. I mean, it's hard because the the European teams don't do well in South Africa. But you know, maybe finally one one European team's going to win. Yeah, or and, South America, South America. My bad, not yeah, South Africa. No, I, I got you. I got you. And the thing is, um, I'm thinking. You know, here I am discounting Brazil. And that's the funny thing about sports is, you know, you think you know so much. But what happens when Brazil finally has that shining star game where not only Neymar's scoring, but Fred might even get a goal or, you know, it's like, oh, all these guys that have been slumbering through the last four games. And then, you know, so Brazil puts a 4 nothing loss on Colombia and then you go, uh-oh. And, and then right now it's back to powerhouse Brazil mm-hmm. in the semifinals against France or Germany. So, yeah. I mean, that's a distinct possibility that Brazil moves on. I just, there's something about James Rodriguez and, and just the way that that team's playing together that, it, it like I said earlier, it reminds me of San Antonio Spurs. And, uh, you know, I kept, during the NBA finals, I kept waiting. I said, well, the Spurs, this, this can't keep up. This can't keep up. They're shooting 70%. They're shooting 60%. Can't keep up. Columbia feels the same way that they're they're everybody's kind of one collective soul out there in the soccer field. So yeah, I mean, and then this, they also yeah. have forty thousand fans going to each game. So that, that that's nice. It almost feels like a home game for them. Yeah, or, I can't wait to see the statement. It's it's being played in Fortaleza, um, so I'm, I'm I'm interested to see because in the Chile Brazil game, Chile Isn't had that the, the one the Amazon. Uh, no, that's Manaus. Manaus. Fortaleza is the fort. Every it's on you know most of the Brazil's on the coastline there. Uh, yeah. So yep. But uh, um, I just I can't wait to see the crowd. It's going to be wild. And this is a treat for all sports fans. I mean, um, I'm hoping, you know, that since the United States, there was so much. I mean, we, we watched on, on television and on the Internet the other day when the United States was playing Belgium, just how many fans came to Soldier Field in a different, you know, AT&T Park. And, and I'm hoping that, uh, you know, because I'm such a big soccer fan, I know you are, you know, it'd be nice to see that if the United States, the people who uh, here still appreciate it, and I would, I'd like to see big ratings numbers, hopefully, for these games. Maybe. Mm-hmm. But I, like I said, you know, I've talked about before, uh, I think it's going to drop off because the United States aren't in it anymore. I know. And that's kind of sad, but that's just kind of the reality of sports, though. Yeah. I mean, it's even, you even see that in MLB and NBA and NHL, where if your team's not in it, you're not going to watch anymore. I know. Like, you know, people weren't, people weren't crazy about the Kings-Rangers matchup 
because <laughs> in hockey, yeah. I, I liked it though because I wanted to see New York win. But you know, right. people have different likes and dislikes and and you know favoritism and whatnot. So. Well, the thing about the World Cup is, I mean, if you if you cheer for the United States, you say that's a compelling story, and you know, people say we are the United States and we are going to win and everything like this. You and I. You especially know the players from their professional careers. I, I like to follow world soccer. I like to follow the history of the World Cup. And I can tell you, historically, I mean, other than Costa Rica, you know, and Colombia is new to the party. I mean, and well, Belgium Belgium really hasn't had it either. So, mm-hmm. but, but these five teams, Germany, France, Brazil, Argentina, Netherlands, this is these are the teams that are always there. This is like seeing, you know, Kentucky, North Carolina in in the Final Four. There's Kansas there. You know, hey, mm-hmm. Michigan State's in there again. Maybe no Butler. kidding. And this is kind of like the Butler. Yeah, there's a Columbia. Butler, good call. In the Wichita State. Yeah, exactly. Because you can never blame Butler or Wichita State for there. You're saying, of course they're good. Look at these players on Wichita State. Mm-hmm. You're like, of course they're good. But, uh, you know, when it, when it comes down to it, it's usually the Kentuckys and the Kansas or the Louisvilles, and and, mm-hmm. and that's what I think it's we're going to see. But I am hopeful because Columbia has has shown such great soccer in their first four games that, that they can continue on and just shock the world. And I'm not rooting against Brazil or anything like that. I'm just a soccer fan. I know all these stories going in. It's just something to to behold. I cannot mm-hmm. wait for the next day. Yeah. You know, so next couple of days. So uh yeah, man. I'm I'm excited and and uh we we will see. So I'm interested to see how our picks go, man. So uh I guess that's it for today. My name is Dan Cryer and uh I'll sign off and uh let Brooks say bye to you. Um See you guys. Hope uh, this is an exciting World Cup, and uh, we'll be back for two more, I'd say. Yeah, for next yeah, round in the to, final. Let's we'll get do two it. more in. Cool. All right, everybody, take care. Take care. Bye.